Welcome to the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and thanks for joining me today as I seek to inspire, encourage, and accompany you on the journey towards holiness by sharing food for the head, heart, hands, and feet, so we may grow closer to God, become more like Jesus, and through friendship, discover the life God created us for, lives of purpose, peace, and abundance, rooted in the hope that with God's grace and mercy, we can become the living, breathing, wonder-working saints that the world so desperately needs. Hey everyone, Christina Simmons here, and I just want to let you know about an upcoming event that I'm really excited about, and it's called the Eucharistic Summit, Sowing Hope into Broken Hearts. It's going to be happening December 6th, 7th, and 8th, and it is a virtual event that's being sponsored by Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network. One of the biggest reasons why I'm excited is because I'm one of the speakers that is going to be a part of this event, as well as a lot of well-known speakers that you will be able to check out if you go to register for this event. So check out the link in the show notes. And it's all free. Again, did I say that? It is free. So this is going to be a beautiful way for you to be able to really enter into the Advent season, because it will be Advent by December 6th, 7th, and 8th, and for you to get some nourishment for your heart so that you can continue to grow closer to our Lord and to really be ready to celebrate his birth on Christmas. So go now and register for the free Eucharistic Summit, Sowing Hope into Broken Hearts, that's happening December 6th, 7th, and 8th. See you there. Hello, and welcome to episode 148 of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and this week I focus upon how we can find peace and clarity in a increasingly chaotic world, or at least it seems that way, doesn't it? As we're coming up on the end of the liturgical year and we're preparing to enter into the season of Advent, we have all of the chaos or all the busyness that's associated with the holidays as well. And so it's ever more important for us to be attentive to learning those lessons that we need to be able to focus upon the things that we can control. And then also knowing that God truly does know what's best for us and that he desires to care for us. And also being aware that we are in the midst of a spiritual battle. That's a part of why the church has us at the end of the liturgical year focus upon the fullness of the communion of saints, the saints, us, the church militant, who are in the midst of that spiritual battle, fighting against Satan and his minions as we help God bring about the redemption of the world through our words and actions. And and then also the communion of saints who continue to intercede for us and, and help us, the angels um, who also are our are, are allies in this, and then the church suffering and how it is that we are helping them continue on their journey towards full union with God. So it's a good time for us to be reflective of what do we need to be about? What is it that we can be doing so that even though our life might be overwhelming, we might be anxious about having to do this, that, or the other thing, remembering the fact that our Lord has told us, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
So I hope that this podcast helps you find that your burden is lightened and that you find that peace and clarity in the midst of whatever might be going on in your life today. See you on the flip side. Hello, and welcome to the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, and welcome to the place where you can count on receiving food for the head, heart, hands, and feet. It's going to help inspire, encourage, and accompany you on the road to holiness as you strive to fully become the man or woman that God has created you to be. So if that sounds good, make sure to follow the podcast to be notified whenever new episodes are released. And if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to hit the subscribe button along with the bell icon in the bottom right of your screen. So without further ado, food for the head. It is a lesson we all need to let alone the things that do not concern us. He has other ways for others to follow him. All do not go by the same path. It is for each of us to learn the path by which he requires us to follow him and to follow him in that path. These wise words are from St. Catherine Drexel, but they could have been written by anyone today, anyone who's following Christ, that is. Because what we find is, is that we will get distracted by things that aren't really our concern when we don't have God first, when we aren't putting Jesus first. I find this all the time in my own life of where I will be crystal clear about what it is that I have to do, but then I get distracted. And why am I distracted? Because I've forgotten what it is that I'm supposed to be doing. So how many times have we you know, found this to be the case? And many times it comes down to because we aren't really clear about what it is that we have to do. Now, we as humans don't deal with ambiguity very well. We need crystal clear direction. And what's beautiful about our Lord is that he gives it to us. But what we tend to do is that we tend not to refer back to the directions. What I mean by this is how often is it that, for example, we'll go to Mass on, on Sunday and we'll hear the gospel and it touches our hearts and we're like, oh yeah, and Sunday we're good, maybe even Monday we're good, but then Tuesday we start to get a little fuzzy and we're like, what was that again? And the fact is, is that we need to be each and every day getting that crystal clear direction. And how do we do this? We do this by spending time with our Lord. It's why I speak about the four steps, and the first step towards holiness is daily prayer and meditation. And as we do that, then we get clear about what it is that we are supposed to do and not what others are supposed to do. And we're not so concerned about what others need to be doing, but we become more and more clear about what we need to do in order to follow him on the path of discipleship. Another thing is that we also will get distracted with things that are outside of our control. These are things like politics, sports, uh, entertainment world. There's all sorts of things that we will get 
uh, involved with. But the fact is, is that these things distract us from doing and being exactly who we're supposed to be and doing the things that we're supposed to be about. You know, we just recently had an election day and we're still waiting for some of those races to be called. But the fact is, is that many of us, myself included, have been concerned about what the results would be. And that's a good thing. We're being informed citizens. We want to be involved with our government. This is something that we need to be doing. But for us to ad nauseum be concerned about, well, if the race goes this way, then this means that or this and, you know, and that doesn't do anyone any good. What we have to do is that we have to remember that we once we've made our, once we've done our part, in other words, we became informed enough to make a prudent choice about our vote, then we need to let the rest of it go and not to be consumed by it. We also concern ourselves about many things that we can't control. You know, the weather. I mean, we, we can't control the weather, but yet we will follow storms, for example, that aren't going to impact us. It's going to impact some other part of the world. Now, again, this doesn't mean that we like ignore the weather, but rather we be attentive. There's going to be a storm in another part of the world, for example. Let me pray for those people. But that's the extent. Or if that storm we learn eventually is very devastating for that region, maybe our Lord is calling upon us to donate money or to, if we know someone in that area, to reach out to them, ask if there's something that we can do to help their community. But we have to remember that everything that we spend time on is energy. And we only have a limited amount of energy and when we are spending this energy on things that we cannot control, on things that are not helping us become holier, then what we'll do is that we are going to go down a lot of rabbit holes. We're going to waste a lot of time on complaining. We're going to, uh, very simply, what we're going to do is that we're going to fail to persevere in our real mission which is for us to become saints and for us to help save souls and to help God transform the world in our part of the vineyard. So the choice to do with our time is ours. So we have to decide how best to use that time that's been given to us. And when we do, when we use that time to focus upon the things that do concern us, which is our own growth and virtue, our prayer time, our loving our neighbor and our family and being present to them, of doing our jobs to the best of our ability, then what happens is then we are able to discern well the path that our Lord has laid out for us and to be able to follow him on that path. Our food for the heart comes from the School of Love's Daily Reflection. They write, God is our Father. He always hears us, always. 
He always wants what is best for us. He will answer our prayers, but we must accept his answers. His answer might not be what we expect or want. Maybe we'll get what we ask for, but the timing will be unexpected. If God waits to answer us, he has a good reason. Perhaps he wants us to grow in faith. Perhaps he wants our intentions to be more pure. Perhaps he wants us to build up the habit of talking to him more and more. Perhaps he wants to wait for a better time. Perhaps he wants to ask other people to pray along with us so that not just our faith grows, but so that their faith grows. There are a million reasons. Asking God for help is one way that we exercise our trust in him. We must make it a habit to ask God for the intentions of our hearts. For whom and for what does our family need to pray? Let's mention our intentions before praying. And let's pray for each other now and then again before we go to bed tonight or first thing in the morning. Let's build a habit of entrusting our prayers to our good Father. I think for me, and probably for many of you, when life is really difficult or overwhelming us, when we're seemingly confronted with many anxieties, it can be extremely difficult to remember that God always hears us. A wise Benedictine monk uh, once commented on a retreat I went to at the Abbey of Gethsemane, which is where uh, Thomas Merton was a, uh, was, a, was a monk. And he once said, God is always whispering. And that is so true. God is always whispering to us. But many times we struggle to feel that God is close because it doesn't seem like God is answering our prayers. And the reason why I read this long piece of food for the heart today is because of the fact that God does always hear us, but when he responds or how he responds, you know, is dependent upon his care for us and knowing what is best for us. So, we have to remember that God is a loving and caring father, that he does desire only our good. So again, if our prayers aren't being answered in the way that we had hoped, we need to trust that God is at work and he's either preparing us or he is helping others be prepared. Or again, there might be a million reasons what I usually find is that I'm not ready for what it is and I'm praying for yet. I think I'm ready. That's why I'm praying for it. But God, in his infinite care and wisdom and love for me, knows that I'm not. He knows that if I was to win the lottery, for example, that I'm not ready to handle that kind of responsibility. That the habits that I have personally about how I spend money or how I view money is not one that is going to help me be a good steward of that money. 
So that's just one example. So a lot of us will be like, well, why haven't we won the lottery? Because it probably would not help us become the saint that he created us to be. Now, I know this can be difficult for us to hear, but we have to, again, trust that God in his infinite wisdom and his infinite love for us truly does answer our prayers, that he truly is present in our lives each and every day. Even when the water heater might be breaking, our transmission on our car might be failing, even when we feel totally alone and totally overwhelmed, he is present. Remember the great story about the footprints of how it is that someone came to the end of their life and came before Jesus and they said, Jesus, where were you in my difficult times? And Jesus showed them that he always was walking beside them, that there were two footprints. And then there was only one. And the person again asked, Lord, where were you? And he said, those were the times when I carried you. We might not feel like we're being carried, but the fact is, is that we're always in the arms of our Father. He always is trying to help us purify our desires, expand our hearts and minds, so that he can use us to be his instruments to help others draw closer to him too. Our life isn't just about us. Our life is about us with God and all those around us. This is why the two great commandments are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So we have to keep asking. We have to keep saying, Lord, please help me. You know, Lord, please give me this. Or Lord, please help me grow so that I can deal with this situation that I'm facing. We have to persevere in faith and hope and trust. And when we do, that is when miracles happen. Our food for the hands comes from St. John Christodom, from the Manual for Spiritual Warfare. The devil didn't deal out temptations to our Lord only. He brings these evil schemes of his to bear on each of Jesus' servants, and not just on the mountain or in the wilderness or when we're by ourselves. No, he comes after us in the city as well, in the marketplace, in the courts of justice. He tempts us by means of others, even our own relatives. So what must we do? We must disbelieve him altogether and close our ears against him and hate his flattery. And when he tries to tempt us further by offering us even more, then we should shun him all the more. We aren't as intent on gaining our own salvation as he is intent on achieving our ruin. So we must shun him, not with words only, but also with works, not in mind only, but also in deed. We must do none of the things that he approves, for in that way will we do all those things that God approves. Yes, for the devil also makes many promises, not so that he may give them to us, but so that he may take them away from us. He promises plunder so that he may deprive us of the kingdom of God and of righteousness. 
He sets out treasures in the earth as snares and traps, so that he may deprive us of both of these and of the treasures in heaven. He would have us be rich in this life, so that we may not be rich in the next. St. John here lays out beautifully how it is that Satan works. And it's important for us, vitally so, to understand the tactics of the enemy, to understand the tactics of Satan and his minions. The great book by C.S. Lewis, which is the Screwtape Letters, C.S. Lewis wrote many great books, but the Screwtape Letters are the ones I'm referring to now, you know, is a beautiful insight into the machinations and the mindset and how it is that Satan goes about trying to lure us away from doing and being who it is and what it is that God wants us, created us to be. So if we understand the tactics, then we can take appropriate steps in order to defeat Satan and all of his devils. Just knowing that we're under attack can help us fight against Satan's wiles as we refuse to listen to his lies, as we hate his flattery, as we shun him as much as possible. Because Satan really does think about this. He desires our ruin more than we desire holiness. And because of that, it makes our challenge even greater to avoid him and resist him. So what we have to do is we have to increase our desire for holiness. We have to do this so that we are able to easily fight against him. Now, one of the biggest things that we have going in our favor is that we have, God gave, gave us one, each of us, a guardian angel. And this is a guardian angel. I remind people all the time, this is not a recycled guardian angel. This is an angel that was from the very beginning of time was created in anticipation of you. This is your angel. And your angel rejoices in being called to the fight and being able to protect you and guide you and surround you with God's favor and love so that you are able to pursue the road to holiness so that you're able to not be distracted when you're trying to make a choice by Satan with all of his traps and snares and lures because Satan knows that if we say yes, like Mary did at the Annunciation, then we are going to embrace and enter into our greatness. But if we don't, then Satan thinks he knows us and that he owns us. And we have to dissuade Satan of that notion. And we do that by our yes. Our yes to pursuing the four steps to holiness in our personal lives, daily prayer and meditation, frequently going to the sacraments, you know, striving to grow in virtue each day and abandoning ourselves to God's will. But then by also doing the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. Each time that we do something for another out of love for God, then Satan is absolutely incensed 
and our guardian angel will get a lot more work, but if we call upon our guardian angel, they will protect us, regardless of what Satan's wiles might be in your life. But we have to avoid those in order to be able to pursue God's, you know, God's path and plan for our life. Our food for the feet comes from St. Anthony of Padua. St. Anthony writes, The Lord manifests himself to those who stop for some time in peace and humility of heart. If you look in murky and turbulent waters, you cannot see the reflection of your face. If you want to see the face of Christ, stop and collect your thoughts in silence and close the door of your soul to the noise of external things. One of the things that uh, I just recently read, uh, the results of a, uh, a study that was done uh, on uh, intentional disciples, you know, people who are going to Mass and they pray outside of Mass at least once a week, etc. And this was done by DeSales Media, so like Francis DeSales. Um, and uh, so DeSales, D-E-S-A-L-E-S, media.com. You can go and find the, the results of the study yourself. <clears throat> but one of the biggest things that came out was that people recognized their need to go on retreat. In fact, 80% of respondents said that the biggest thing that they needed to do in order to continue on their spiritual journey was to go on retreat. Now, I know life gets busy, but come on. If we know that we need to do something, then we need to do it. So this is my little nudge. If you haven't gone on retreat, to do so. Now, to go on retreat does not mean that you necessarily have to go and pack your bags and leave the house and go someplace else and spend several days in order to go on retreat. Now, is that the ideal? Absolutely. And I do highly encourage you to block that out as we're getting closer to the end of the year. Block that out now, next year. Go and block out a weekend that you're going to go on retreat. Just do it right now. And that, and it becomes a, you know, I'm doing that. It's like your vacation. I'm going to go, you know, and do this vacation. I'm going to go on retreat. So block it out. But St. Anthony gives us a glimpse into how we can make retreat every day. We can make retreat by stopping for time, for a time in peace and humility of heart, of where we can spend time before the face of Christ by collecting our thoughts in silence and by closing the door of our soul to the noise of external things. You know what that sounds like? Sounds like spending time in adoration. Because that's exactly what happens when we come before our Lord. We're able to gaze upon his face. We're able to be with him in silence. We're able to then collect our thoughts and to be able to spend time in peace and in humility of heart because we're there before our Lord and we recognize, God, you're God and I am not. But when we do this, 
it becomes a source of continuous peace. It becomes a source for us to be able to go and to encounter others with peace as well. For us to be able to not have murky and turbulent waters in our minds and souls, but rather for us to be rooted in that peace, to be rooted in his love for us, to be rooted in the reality that we are being held in his arms each and every moment. But we don't recognize this. We don't feel this unless we spend time with him in quiet. Now, for some reason, if your parish doesn't have any kind of adoration time, or if the only time that adoration is during a time when you have to be at work, then create this for yourself at home. You can go and, for example, take a walk. If your home is too busy and you can't find that quiet space. But one of the things that I used to do uh, as a a way to be able to kind of enter into this at least once a month was I went to first Saturday. We had a holy hour, you know, um, so I went to mass and I went to the holy hour afterwards. And that mass and holy hour on that first Saturday was a mini retreat for me each and every month. So even if you can't do this regularly, like once a week or a couple times a week, then at least do it once a month. I can guarantee you, you will not regret it. And when we persevere in those practices that are being made, you know, uh, when we persevere in those practices, then what happens is, is that we will reap the results. We will reap all the goods that come from being quiet and humble before our Lord. So what might be some resolutions that you could make coming out of our conversation today? Well, one of the first things that we can do is to make sure that we are taking time for that silence, that we are creating that space in our day or during our week in order to be able to hear God's voice because he is always whispering, but we need to be building that space of quiet so that we can hear him. The second is recognizing that since we are in a spiritual battle, to really be intentional about calling upon the aid of the angelic aid that we have to avail, you know, to help us. And that means praying and asking St. Michael to intercede for us, the St. Michael, you know, prayer, or if you, you know, to learn it and to use it or your guardian angel prayer. So I you know, ask you to resolve that I'm going to pray one or the other each and every day. And then finally, really being attentive to your Advent plan. And that means that uh, just like uh, the call to action about the Eucharistic Summit coming up, choose one thing that you're going to do to help you have that time of quiet and silence to be able to draw closer to our Lord and prepare your hearts more fully for his coming. 
So, have you heard about the Catholic Leadership Puzzle? This is a new endeavor that I'm doing, but it actually builds upon all the work that I've been doing within Say Yes to Holiness. It is on Substack, so you can go to thecatholicleadershippuzzle.substack.com. So just spell out thecatholicleadershippuzzle.substack.com. And you can see the posts and podcasts and video that I've already posted and which I've been talking about the 12 principles for what it is that is necessary to have within any community to be able to save souls, make saints, and transform the world. But the bigger piece of the Catholic leadership puzzle is in order to bring together a community of people who also want to help others become their best selves. In other words, for them to become saints. The Say Yes to Holiness community has been focused really upon the individual. Well, what needs to happen within an individual's life in order to then be able to go out and help others do the same. And that's what the Catholic leadership puzzle is really focused upon. It is not necessarily a, quote, Catholic with a big C thing. Rather, it is a Catholic with a small C thing as well, of where it's universal. There are particular principles that need to be present within any community, be it a ministry or a business, in order for that community to truly thrive, where everyone is able to live their best selves, be receiving holistic formation, and can truly um, have that life of purpose and peace and abundance that I speak about all the time. So go and check it out, the Catholic Leadership Puzzle.substack.com. Look forward to seeing you there. Thanks again for spending time with me today. If you have any suggestions for upcoming podcasts, please leave me a voicemail using the link in the podcast show notes. Or you can visit my website at sayyestoholiness.com or send me an email at christinasimmons at gmail.com. I look forward to the opportunity to continue the conversation we've begun here today. In the interim, please know my continued prayers for you and your loved ones, especially that each of us may continue to strive to do whatever it takes in order to grow in holiness as we tell the master of death, not today. I look forward to having a conversation with you again soon. God bless.